Yes, Trevor. Jungseel. No, that's that's one of the pronunciations I've heard. Pronunciations. Pronunciations. That is from Forvo.com. Um, so I don't argue trust with them. I don't know what Forvo.com is. All the words <laughs> in the world pronounced. And it has this is from a pronunciation by Gilbert Roland, a male from Sweden. I don't believe it. How did he say it was pronounced? Jungsile. Jun, oh, let me do it again. Hang on. Jungsile? Jungsile. Like, the K is very soft. Well, I'm not going to be able to accomplish it. Jungsile. On that note, uh, welcome to episode 58 of Off the Cross. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was good. That was beautiful. I just you posted the link more, in uh, the thing so you guys can listen to it and tell me how wait, bad I am. Wait, can you do it one more time? This isn't a bit. I'm honestly curious again. It's like Jungsila, but like you're saying I can't like do that, Italian. I can't do that K sound that they do. It's it's like a very soft K, but it's like Jung is the first thing and then Skila, but a much softer K than that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Huh. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And have it, we do. Yep. Well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. To <laughs> Off the Crossbar After Dark. I'm a little That's mad right. about that, but I'll get over it. About what? <laughs> about the Just, recording starting when you're I, trying to say Swedish words? No idea. Usually, usually I like have the window and I'm paying attention. I know what's going on. Uh, Trevor? I, I see when we're about to get caught, but... Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. Usually, I'm pretty good at it. I'm not saying I've got a hundred percent winning record, but Jungskile. That's pretty well, nice. Should we uh, start with a little social hour? Let's do it. I'll I'll go last. Oh, you go last. Well, okay, Matt. I'll fight you for it. Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> ah, uh, when did we we last recorded prior to the LA game? So like a week That's ago, right? right? Yep. Okay. Um, Wait, prior to the LA game, wasn't it? The yes, yeah. We, we had LA midweek, and then we had Portland on the weekend. Oh, oh my! I think we recorded on like Monday, and we were like, "Let's not do two episodes." Oh yeah, because that right. sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> we're busy adult people. No. Um. Let's see. The only things that really happened to me in, since we last recorded that are of note. Is I did go to get my haircut on Saturday, which is not of note, but I was wearing a Goldfinger shirt um, mm-hmm. that I got the last time I saw him in concert. And as I walked into the place, there was a guy walking out of the place, and I said, "Good morning, man. How are you doing?" Because it was like 10 a.m. And he looked at me and he's like, "Nice shirt. I really like that." <laughs> and then walked away. So Goldfinger ah. shirts still play. <laughs> Cool. which is did not expect but that was cool um and then the only other thing i did was i went to wendover again i didn't have my kid this week she went to or they island went to park. uh island park idaho on vacation with their mother and stepfather mm. um had a blast up there but i that means i didn't have my kid this weekend so i went out to wendover which i think is my new standard if I don't want to plan anything and I don't have my Did kid on the weekend. money or lose money? I made money. I made a nice. lot of money and then I really? lost a lot of money and then oh. I made money again to make up for oh. the losses. But so not booked, to get you back to where you were. 
No, I, I booked a small win on the trip. Nice. That's good. Congratulations. I love a nice profitable vacation. But it did mean that I ended up getting home a little bit later than I meant to. Because you had to make up for the losses. So to, yeah. Right. I was planning on stopping playing at like 8 o'clock, but at 8 o'clock I was down. A.m.? Like, no, p.m. <laughs> I left at like noon on Sunday. Playing, I went out there. on the night. Yeah. I went left at about noon, got there about 2, was planning on playing for like 5 or 6 hours. Oh, you did this? This was a day trip? Yeah. So you just did a little uh, it's jaunt like out. Two, I know it's only like. Two and a half hours. So it's quick. But so, I know, yeah. But Some that's people, five hours round trip. Yeah, that for yeah. Yeah, so factoring in gas and everything. Did you still make money? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. As wow. a percentage of, uh, I I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I can't say anything now because covered drinking coffee. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. I'm waiting for your, your math question that I have to figure out. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. No, I went and I uh, played poker, bet on some games. and uh, Did you make money on the games as well? I no? no, I did not. I bet on a okay. soccer match. I bet on the San Jose LA game. I thought it would. Oh. I, bet, I, I bet that it would draw. They did not. It was two to one San Jose. So I lost that, but I bet on the White Sox to beat the Cubs because that's obvious. So I was going to say that's so obvious that the <laughs> outcome would that whichever outcome you said was obvious was the obvious one. I agree. Yeah, I can't believe it'd be anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild. So yeah. The nice. Chicago one, right? Yeah. Chicago <laughs> one. Um, Chicago hit a home run on the first pitch of the game against Chicago. Mm. And then Chicago continued to score runs. They're the same team. <laughs> so no, they're two different Chicago, teams. They're both from Chicago. Oh, is Chicago that much of a baseball city that they need two teams? Like, is the, do they both those teams thrive? Uh, they do both thrive, um, often at different times. If that makes it like, it's definitely like one team is good and the other team isn't that good. They kind of go through that kind of up and down cycle. Um. But generally speaking, they're both kind of like middle of the road. You okay. could say like they're mid-table teams, but they definitely like they've been around for eighty years and they've been doing fine. All right, baseball and well, a giant American kind of city. Me, so yeah, well, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Matt, yeah. what did uh, how did what's going on with you since last? Yeah, a week ago. So I actually started planning a trip to the great city of Chicago. Whoa. A city to which I have never been. I've got two suggestions of things you can do in Chicago. Are they about baseball? There are two baseball teams. Cover it. It's not going to happen. There, I know two things you can do. You can go to a baseball game for each team. That's no. two. <laughs> no, but there's a Kakigori place there that I plan on going there's to. There's a what? Kakigori. Oh, did it's, you not watch the show? I It is the they, best I, yeah, thing I've I, ever seen, and I'm I, so excited I did to eat watch. Well, when was that? I know we talked about that on here. Oh, that was I watched like, like clips on YouTube, I think. I didn't watch ago, the actual show. Six months ago? Yeah, yeah I didn't watch the show. I just watched like, a time. lot of clips. That's right. I forgot I, about that. I think I watched the first episode. I'll buy yeah. like a super nice ice shaver and get a Ooh, super be... good freezer and then we'll start, we'll make our own kakigori. And we can make our own jams and stuff to go on top of it. Yeah. Wow. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Uh, that sounds sec great. Second item I have is uh, I have graduated into the world of adulthood. 
and I am now a proud member of the Costco organization. <laughs> I think that's how you're supposed to word that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a card-carrying member, as they say. Yeah, they we we as as part of the crew we do say that. I um, I've been saying that. They do have these great Lacroix. There's hibiscus. Oh yeah, and watermelon nope. and limoncello. No, nope. do you okay. like? The, do, I like all of those. Yeah, they're so good. Um, yeah. So I especially love the hibiscus one. That's like my one of my favorites. Yeah, that's been um, really good. They also have. Do they have the Brazilian guava one there? I didn't see it, but I didn't look for it. They have oh, a yeah, lot of options. Yeah, um, so I'll load I, up next time. Yeah, that that one is my other favorite. But um, yeah, my boss uh, at work like saw me drinking a limoncello one once, and he oh. was like, "Is that a limoncello?" Cry? And I was like, "Yes." He's like, "I hate those." And I was like, "Oh, I think they're <laughs> fabulous." <laughs> yeah, they're really good. He's like, "But I don't really like limoncello flavor." And I was like, "So why did you think that you might like limoncello lacroix?" Yeah, but anyway, nothing but pure distilled flavor. Right. It is. I mean, even for someone like I, even for someone who who doesn't like a single a flavor, the essence of that flavor apparently was also distasteful. So if you don't like limoncello in general, the essence of limoncello distilled into a LaCroix probably isn't nice, but probably not ideal. It's it's the only bad thing about the Costco membership is that you actually are legally um, required to never leave Costco as a member. So, you you know, I felt like that. Yeah, you can't can't get out, but it's Um, worth it. That's actually where I saw. I hope Robert Kirkland isn't listening to this. Oh, yeah, I hope I hope not either. I was going to say there's a certain RSL player that I saw at Costco last time I was there. Ooh. Scandal. Is, yeah, it, and it was a scandal. He's wearing a tank top, which was very scandalous. It's not really Costco um, appropriate wear. No, and it revealed that he had more tattoos than I thought. And I was like, oh, huh. that's a, you know, scandal in and of itself. Like, where where is he we, getting all these done, you know? Which like, which player was this? Can I take a guess? Uh, okay. As, just as a player who has more tattoos than you would expect. I'm going to yes. go with Justin Glad. No, actually. Aaron Hunter. It was Aaron Herrera, and I will yes. say that um, uh, Justin Glad could also fit that description. But I, they're like friends, so like it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, they're both tattoo guys, I think. But yeah. Oh, um, third item. Uh, yeah, I discovered I have a what appears to be a miniature pumpkin growing in my garden, and that is did all. You, the end. Did you plant a pumpkin in your garden? No, I think it's a volunteer because we have a bunch of volunteer <laughs> squash that's coming up. Um, and I let it grow because a monster. And now we have, it's like a giant butternut squash next to it is like a sized acorn squash. And then tucked in there, there's like a red curry squash, which is amazing. One of my favorites. Um, if we have extras, I will share with the pod. Uh, and then a little like miniature pumpkin, which is very cute. It's already orange. This ends my social hour update. Kyle. I love that. Please update us. Um, Oh, let's see what, what was going on last weekend. I, uh, over the weekend I saw a movie called nine days, um, that I thoroughly enjoyed. It was very good. It has my favorite actress and, uh, celebrity crush in it. I suppose you could say, um, her name is Zazie beats and she is great. Um, and it was a very, uh, I wouldn't say, I guess maybe the last like 
it, it, it has its tender heartwarming ish moments, but it is very, uh, it's, it's bleak, but not in like, it's not necessarily in like a purposeful, it's not like purposely bleak and it's not necessarily like bleak is in a negative way, but, um, anyway, Highly recommend people look up the description for that and see if it interests you. It was, uh, it was a good movie. Um, I still need to see The Green Knight. been meaning to do that. But I feel like I haven't done too much. I was, man, I really wanted to go like, um, I was in California the week before and I really wanted to go hiking and stuff like a lot last weekend, but it was just pure smoke all weekend. Yeah. So that didn't happen. Um, so I just kind of did inside stuff, I guess. But um I did, I did start this HBO series called hundred foot wave. And it's just about this, um, big wave surfer named Garrett McNamara who, um, has like been on this, like, I, I, uh, people have probably seen it, but like, there's this really famous, um, like place in Portugal where there's just these like insane waves and they, and people always film from this shot behind the lighthouse on this coast town called Nazare. And, um, what essentially like, and now people can surf this wave and the waves get up to like over a hundred feet sometimes. And so this, this documentary is like a, it's like a 10 year, it it appears to have it's footage from like 10 years and where he's essentially just documenting his like journey with, um, you know, trying to conquer like the biggest waves in the world. But when he first started going to Nazare, like it wasn't a surf spot at all. Um, and he essentially made it popular and brought a lot of, um, you know, uh, surf tourism there. And, uh, you know, he was like very integral with the community. Like he worked with like the tourism, the local tourism board and like the city itself to like, you know, uh, film videos and do all the stuff, like pay for travel for some other surfers to come like check it out. It's, but it's super insane because like with these big waves, you have to get towed in by a jet ski and the whole jet ski operation in these in these types of situations is, is its own like insane skill um, because you just have to be able to perfectly navigate these jet skis um, among all these insane waves. And this spot in particular is super dangerous because there's no real safe spot. Like generally um, you know, when you're surfing, there are spots where you can kind of be on the side and be safe, but there's not really that at this particular beach. So they've had like these insane, there's just like the craziest footage of people like, getting in some really gnarly situations that they weren't prepared for with these jet skis and people coming to the beach that weren't like really ready to do what he had been, you know, training for years to do. But anyway, it's an insane documentary so far. I'm only in, it's a series. I'm, I think I'm on episode like three or five or something, but, um, yeah, it's super cool. Highly recommend if you just like, like looking at big water, (laughs) like I do. (laughs) No, this is Um, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, like years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was another documentary of somebody trying to surf, like when like being pulled into a wave by a jet ski was like kind mm-hmm. of a new thing. Yeah, um, they were trying to surf it's, the biggest yeah. wave, mm-hmm. and I was watching that. So I got into that like years ago. I don't think they ever went to Portugal. Most of the stuff that I saw was in, I think it was mostly in Brazil and Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. There there's places? a spot called Jaws in Hawaii. That's like one of the main big ones. Mavericks in uh, like Half Moon Bay or like Santa Cruz area in California. Um, 
is another like really popular spot. But um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's crazy. The jet ski portion is, is really wild, but like, I mean, they often like they have cameras on the end of their boards a lot of times. So you see these just like what it looks like right behind them with these like, I mean, you know, a 10 foot wave is huge. (laughs) These people are like regularly surfing like 30, 40, 50 foot waves. Um, And then, you know, like triple, triple digits if, if they can find them. But it's just it's the craziest thing. And like. Uh, some people obviously fall from time to time and just get completely buried underwater for like like two minutes plus oh. they are all trained to be able to hold their their breath for like about three minutes oh yeah um, that was that was one of the big takeaways that i took from whatever i don't remember what it was called whatever it was that i watched but yeah they were talking about how it's super dangerous because like if you fall if you get off the board mm-hmm. near the top of it like you're like under the water, but you're still falling like yeah. 50 feet in the mm-hmm. water. And then you're, you've got 50 feet of water on top of you. That's yep. like keeping you down. And then by the time you're able to like kick to the surface, there's another 50 foot wave, like yeah. right behind you. Right, so right it's on just, top of you. Yeah. yeah it's like an so incredibly the, dangerous thing. Yeah. So like the, this spot in particular in Portugal, um, they have somebody on the cliff up above, like at the lighthouse at all times. That's like essentially the safety spotter. That's yeah. like telling them where the waves are, but also helping navigate the jet ski to rescue people that are like, you know, getting pounded by waves and popping up. Um, and this crew came in, this new crew, they didn't ask any questions or anything. They, they've kind of just felt like confident enough to go out and do it. This girl almost dies. Um, and because they could not find her and they weren't like prepared with walkie talkies or whatever to be able to just locate where she was in the wash. And, um, yeah, just wild, wild stuff. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. And like the footage from their can like the cameras on the boards, you can see how like just the boards go super far underwater too. And they're just getting just destroyed by the waves. Anyway, the ocean's really scary, but people are just like <laughs> down to just like try to try to vibe with these gigantic waves. It's mind blowing to me, but anything so cold by the moon, I think is yeah, probably bad yeah. news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these uh, waves I got while you're talking, I was looking it up. It's the result of an underwater Canyon. Mm hmm. Yeah, right there. Oh, cool. It's three times the size of the Grand Canyon, actually. So oh, that's sixteen thousand feet deep yeah. and hundred and forty miles long. Yeah. So it like it and, and that's why the spot is so dangerous and kind of kind of unpredictable because it's because there's not like a like most big big wave breaks out in the ocean are because of like a coral reef um so they break in the same spot every time but the way the water like flows through this canyon it comes out like it goes down through the canyon up onto like um the surface and it and it just varies so much so it can like be they break different directions they don't break consistently it's just nuts and but they it produces like the biggest waves in the entire world um yeah it's the footage they have in this show is just incredible and they like have been doing such a good job documenting this guy his 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 life and his family's life and these other people that have like joined in on the on the fun just for 10 years i always like that type of thing like i mean this documentary is essentially 10 years in the making um at least but just when they started filming i guess but yeah it's it's very cool i love 
I'm thankful for HBO. (laughs) (laughs) I like HBO. I finished Deadwood recently too and watched the Deadwood movie and I cried, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, Yeah. So anyway, been, been into that recently, which is just delightful to watch, but it's really scary. Ask you a movie question. Sure. That we maybe don't have to spend that much time on, but I want to know if you've seen this movie because if you have, I need you to explain it to me. Uh, The Devil All the Time. It's a Netflix movie with uh, the time. what's his face? That? I was just looking oh, at oh, I Tom have Holland John Johnny and Robert Pattinson. That's right. I have not Bill Skarsgård and Harry Melling. Have you not seen it? I've been, no, I've been meaning to get around to it. But Bill okay. Skarsgård is also in Nine Days, and I really like Bill Skarsgård. Um, no, I have not. I've been meaning to watch that for a while. Um, okay. I, I will watch that, and I we can have a discussion about it. Okay, in the future Perfect. social hour. I okay. really liked anyway. it, but it was one of those that like I really liked, but I I don't I don't get it. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's more to it That's that fine. like. I just need somebody to explain it to me and then I'll be like, oh yeah, that all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. okay I'll, well, I'll, I'll try to also watch this before next week and we can have a group discussion. Sounds good. I, cool. I've got a few on my list, but yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I should be able to get to it as well. Anyway. So, uh, that's a solid social hour. How we, how else are we doing? <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, I should have mentioned this earlier. Item four did finish the second season of twin peaks. So I've finished the original run. And it's oh man, so good. That that really last is. that last episode was just really good. Mm-hmm. But I really <laughs> like David Lynch, so I guess that's not surprising. This winter is this winter is uh, Twin Peaks rewatching season for me. I think nice. I can just feel it. That's Although all. my movie watching will suffer when I when I do that because I can only watch sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, You'll I've been bad at watching. So many eyes. I only have so many eyes, unfortunately, and so many brains, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So should hello. we skip the next item on the dock? Yeah, we can skip it. All right. <laughs> should we talk uh, about what, what it is? We should just. Yeah, I think I think it's just I think it's silly, sort of. I do want to kind of I just have a question with me. OK, introduce it for us. So, so this. Oh, Trevor, introduce it. Go. Uh, Matt put in the dock. Trevor explains why Serie A is the best. Oh, wait, did I miss that? Oh, I was literally looking at Chris Garcia. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, I do want to talk about that real quick. No, the Serie A thing is one we need to skip. Matt likes to think that I think that Serie A is the absolute best. You do. And I don't. I just enjoy it. Serie A, MLS, Premier League. (laughs) Nope. La Liga. All of that's completely wrong. No, I don't think that. I think I watched oh, MLS Serie A Premier League La nope. Liga. No. MLS I, Premier League Serie A La you're, Liga. You're being tripped up on Premier League. I think I watched two Premier League oh. games all of last season. I don't really oh. watch it that so, much. So MLS is best Above or second best league I, in the world. It, it, well, okay, we're talking about two different lists now. Like, as far as like <laughs> things that I enjoy watching the most, the things that I will watch the most, MLS should, and then Serie A. Should only watch and the best things. Just kind of a drop off from there because I don't. I'm not gonna. Last season, I kind of decided I wasn't gonna subscribe to like all the different streaming services that you need hmm. to watch like all of the soccer. I'm not doing that anymore. That's, so I yeah, had ESPN wise. Plus because it's free with my phone. So I watched Serie A on that, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be on that this year. It's going to be on Paramount, which what? I also 
that's what I'm told. It's gonna, I don't know because everything changes like every four months. It feels like, but that's I think really annoying. Serie A is going to be on Paramount, which I'm not getting. Um, e or Premier League was on Peacock. Still is on Peacock, I think. Or yeah. NBC, which I'm not getting. So I'm just not going to be watching that much European soccer anymore. I guess. But that's probably good. Somebody said something about uh, Serie A being in the basement. And I just mm. wanted to say that I don't think that's true. I think that's a mistaken opinion. It's very good soccer. Why is that? You like stick to the um, soccer. It's very yeah. good. <laughs> everything it is else good, about it kind of sucks a lot. Yeah, yeah, not that's everything, right. but a lot of things about it. And these discussions are, of course, happening um, because you know a very famous player left his domestic uh, or left the league he's been playing in for quite some time. And of course, I'm talking about Romelu Lukaku, who left Inter Milan <laughs> to go to Chelsea FC. The move of the season. The move, move of the, of the season. Move of the off season. All the all the folks are talking about it. It's the hottest move of the summer. Um, yeah. So, uh, other than Chris Garcia going to uh, a Swedish team, and that's probably the perfect segue. Sorry, Trevor, you didn't really get a chance to defend your position, but I I did. I think it's good. That's it. <laughs> I think people should watch it before they decide that it's not good. That's the That's problem. Most people like don't watch it or they just mm, see the headlines, which to be fair, the headlines coming out of Italy the last couple of years have generally been subpar bad. and bad. Yeah, so, it might like, be longer than the last couple of years, unfortunately. No, I yeah, you're right. No, so all I said was please don't make me defend Serie A because like I feel like I kind of have to say that yes. it's a good soccer league for the soccer but mm-hmm. there's a lot of other problems with it that don't that aren't i'm not really thrilled about talking about or saying are good because they're not so mm-hmm. yeah fair enough all right uh <laughs> our one news item today if i didn't miss anything one christopher garcia real salt lakes young homegrown player that's played a grand total of one minute for the club in two seasons <laughs> Uh, who has suffered through injury through most of 2020, I believe. Although we we talked about that several times, and we never really got to the bottom of that. But that is what it is. Um, he, he is he is good. He's not playing because he's very young. It's not because he's not a talented player. I I hope. From anyway, what we've seen we play, loan, he played in preseason and stuff. We saw him. He's yeah, good. That's true. Yeah, he was he's good. A good player. Probably could be useful. Anyway, uh, to <laughs> Jung there SK. Oh, wait. Jungskill. Jungskill. The, the K is. We had this discussion already on the pod. We did. Yeah. Anyway, Trevor um, didn't know at the time. Yeah. So he's going to a second division Swedish side who has a stadium that definitely holds fewer people. fans than Zion's Bank. It holds arena. some people. Yeah, like 2,500, 5,000, maybe. Think of your local high school soccer slash football field. It's so, about that, but like super magical. But I'm always the field goals at the other end. Yeah, I'm really wondering how moves like this happen. So like, I think we know this one a little bit, even though okay, it wasn't explicitly stated. And that's uh, that Alex Horvath, Hor- Horvath, Horvath, oh. Horvath. That's this Horvath. club. Is it? Is it actually just Horvath? I have no that's idea. So, I'm that's so boring. Making stuff up. Did Did Ethan Horvath play here? Uh, uh, Ethan, Alex. Oh, Alex Horvath? The guy that we had yeah. on our roster for like 20 minutes and now I That's think right. he's Isn't somewhere he in the like front a, office or is he a coach? Yeah, he's, he's in the front office. And so he, he played there? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. 
Um, well, I assume you still have RSL. I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, now that we start talking about it, I don't, I, I don't know either. He, I spent so much time figuring out how to say this, and then Trevor corrected me. Oh, he's I, just I, an I, agent. I thought Should he I worked for the on club. LinkedIn? Yeah, do I it. I connect, so. I thought he worked for the club. Should I add yeah, a I note to he was personalize a, it? I thought he became like a, an academy coach or something. He was an That's assistant technical thought. director, according to his LinkedIn, from January 2020 to December okay. 2020. Okay. And now he's an agent at Nordic Sky uh, from December 2020 to present. He's based in Salt Lake. Okay. Well, uh, so sense. probably All representing right, well, some players. Maybe Chris. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, could be. Yeah. I mean, that is an interesting move. It is just kind of like, uh, is that it? I, I, I guess I'm not really familiar with the, the level of play in the Swedish second division, but like, is that, be better, better is, that, is that that much better than just keeping him at the Monarchs? Well, okay. So let's have that discussion. Um, that's my question. There is somebody at the Monarchs right now that is probably taking minutes from him for sure. That's keeping him from being able to play with the Monarchs. You're talking about Jason Ramirez? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm actually going to dispute that. Okay. Go ahead. No, that was uh, just my like initial thought. Like, shouldn't he be to... playing at the Monarchs? Oh, wait, he can't because Jason Ramirez, our DP, is playing there. So he can't. Well, so it might be worse than that. <laughs> but I need to, I need to double check the stats. Um, he has in 20. Oh, that's more than I thought. Uh, two hundred fifty-six minutes. Yeah, he's for he, the Monarchs this year. He had okay. his like little injury break, but for the most part, I think he's been. I think regular is not incorrect to say. Um, the Monarchs. I mean, he's not yeah, been he, like consistent starting eleven in every single game, but he's uh, made he's, several appearances. He's made six appearances. So if that's what's keeping Chris Garcia out of the Monarchs, uh, okay. But I have the concerns. other the other part of that, the answer to your question is we sent Ruiz and Brody to the fourth division in Austria. And like it worked out. Now that's obviously a little bit of a unique situation, but I can't imagine that the second division in Sweden and the fourth division of Austria <laughs> are like super high levels. You know what I mean? I no. think this is really just about getting him minutes and playing time in a place that I- it, he, he yeah, I'm also I'm also not convinced that Pablo Ruiz doesn't get that much better playing here under a non Mike Petke coach. To be honest, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree, but I I think this move is just like a hundred percent about find a place where you can play and get regular minutes, and we'll see. Like if he goes there and he starts playing and getting regular minutes, then that's good. If he goes there and he isn't able to find time, isn't able to get on the field, then we know that like, all right, there's a problem. Yeah, this kid's probably yeah. not long for the RSL roster. It is just interesting to me that like players like him aren't just loaned to like another USL side if they can't get minutes here. Yeah, or yeah. like uh, they're the the different levels of USL. There's there's League One, League Two, Championship, because we're obsessed with England in the US. Yeah, I and, think, uh, and maybe yeah, it, it's. I, I, I guess I just wonder the mindset. Like, I mean, there is something to be said about going to like challenge yourself in a new environment, but um, I just—it's always interesting that it's like, oh, it's the second division of Sweden instead of just being like, oh, maybe we should just start him in USL and see what happens. But yeah, I've I would got love that. 
I've got a theory that there are several people in high places in different parts of soccer in this country that feel like the USL coaches, the USL like team staff and stuff is just far below the level of like what they trust. So they don't want to send their players to a team with the coach that is inexperienced or is just simply yeah. bad at his job. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know that. And I haven't had any conversations with anybody to come to that conclusion, but that's my conspiracy theory is that the people the higher ups at RSL are sending these kids to Sweden and to Austria because that's where there's people that they trust yeah. or people that they yeah. know or people that they talk to. And they just don't trust the lower levels in U S yeah. soccer, which yeah. I think might be fair. It there's might a be. lot of crappy coaches in MLS. I can't imagine that there's <laughs> a whole lot of much better coaches. <laughs> oh, in the lower yeah. Levels. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Honestly. Yeah. That's a good point. So I'm just um, looking at the Monarchs roster really quick, and it is fascinating. Um, just just going to put that out there. Got <laughs> guys in their mid-20s again, and maybe this is good. Um, we've got uh, our most minutes played is Kyle Adams, 24-year-old center back. Uh, our second, second most is uh, Harvard graduate Sam Brown whose most notable feature is having interned for Real Salt Lake before being drafted by Real Salt Lake, which still Aww. sounds so weird to me, but I guess I will withhold judgment. I thought that he wasn't on the team anymore because he got a job at the front office doing something. No, he's, he's the captain. Oh, okay. Well, shows um, how much attention great. I pay to this team. Yeah. Uh, most good. goals scored is Milan Alosky, Real Salt Lake yeah. player. Um, still has never played a first team minute. Second most is Aris Briggs, who's like. Wait, I thought he did have a tall. debut. Oh, did he I have think a debut? He, no, I think he, he played for in like the MLS's back tournament, which didn't count. Yeah, that did count. <laughs> uh, only three matches in that tournament counted for regular season stats. Oh, so it may not have counted. Thing. I forgot about that. Which is actually why we saw Alvin Jones in that extremely bad performance. Uh, that's the only reason yeah. he was able to play in that one game was because it was it a wasn't really an MLS game. Uh, anyway. So he did. He does have one minute to his name. Yeah. Well. So, so uh, should we talk about the game? Oh, okay. Yeah. So w- we recorded before the Galaxy game. I, I know, like, I, I can't even remember that game at this point just because I'm seeing red because of the Portland game. Um, should we just talk about the Portland game? Well, what was let's, the score of the like, Galaxy game? Let's mention the Galaxy game. It was, I think, it was two to one, and we didn't play particularly well, and neither did LA. But yeah, they played terribly. So it was did, we played all worse. around a pretty bad game by all accounts. What happened? I honestly, we're pulling it up. Hang on, somebody um, scored, and somebody else scored, and then oh, clutch. Then, oh, it was one zero. It was just the that um, um, Alvarez goal. Oh yeah. Oh, and then, got angry about refereeing. And then we played, yeah. It and then the, we did the. It was the offside one, right? Yeah, it was That's the one right. that was okay. like. I'm, I'm with it, you now. I was thinking I honestly LA game think it was that. onside. Yeah, um, it was. It was onside, and also I don't want those called as offside. No. I want the tie to go to the runner. Yeah. Um, and besides all that, uh, the goal was scored like in the 50th minute. We had 53rd minute. We had plenty of time to score another goal. 
we did our famous take out a midfielder and put in another attacker and have play with one midfielder thing that we uh-huh. sure love to do. Instead of doing that with a defender, we so- always do it with a midfielder, um, which is just perfect because it always goes super well. But anyway, that's all we need to see about the LA game. I, I mean, it was it wasn't good. It was not no, worth spending not. a whole lot of time on. No, frankly, and it wasn't. Portland game isn't worth it either, but. We're more no, mad about that fresh. one, so let's go. It's better. <laughs> I think it's better to spend time on the Portland game. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so what did I mean? We had some surprises in the with, with the lineup. We um, started with Tony Dodkovich playing next to Justin Glad, who Justin Glad picked up a quick yellow in that game, so he's out next game. So we <laughs> might see Tony again because Justin's just been on fire with his decision making lately. And it was a, a stupid yellow to pick up too. He was right? So dumb. I don't it was a stupid exactly yellow to, happened, to but... pick up, but it also was like a stupid yellow to give. I, like that is true. You know what I mean? Like, and it was the same that thing with most idiot. of the yellow that cards in the game. An idiot. Yeah, yeah. It was every yellow that he gave was like kind of justifiable, but it was also like really, really, really nitpicky. Yeah. So Joni Menendez also started, which was good. Um, but uh, the first thing that happened pretty quickly into the game after that yellow is uh, Tony Dotkovich <laughs> did a handball in the box and they got a penalty and Espria took like one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. McMath couldn't save it. <sighs> like the right direction. Just the ball trickled in. He really just, looked like he should have saved that. Yeah. Like, he sh- I feel like he definitely should have. He got a hand to it, but it looked like he did the thing. I don't thing think he even got a hand like, to it, did he? I don't know if he did. He almost he did. Was, That's what I, I don't mean. Like he, he got there. a hand to it. He was close. He was there and just didn't save it. It was really disappointing. Um, it just looked like, like he that. was reacting to the shot instead of like it's picking a direction and going choosing. to it. Yeah. 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 So he was late on a he was late on a shot that went like essentially right at him as he like fell to the left. It was yeah. it was bad. Um that was fun. And then they scored again through um not uh the other Chara, not um what's Jimmy? his face? Jimmy, Jimmy Chara, Jimmy? not Diego Jimmy? Chara. Yeah, Jimmy Chara, not Diego. That's right. He scored, which was delightful. Um and then we Good pull goal. him back. Yeah, it was a great goal. Bad defending. Uh, yeah, a really bad defending. And okay, bad defending. And but and from whom? Like oh, okay. what happened? So I went like twenty minutes ago. No, twenty minutes before we started recording. So like an hour ago, yeah. I went through and like watched the highlights and was like trying to huh. like who who was the person at fault for this? And I think there it's the exact opposite. There was literally one person on our team that did the right thing. And that was Justin Glad. Yeah. Every other player either like didn't track a runner or gave up on the play as soon as the ball was away from from them. Or uh, Tony initially was the one that I got mad at, like watching the game. But mm-hmm. rewatching, I don't think he really did anything wrong. I think it was just a good move by Portland to suck him out. But then like suck him out of position. No one fills, right? No one feels, but they also didn't really attack his position. Like it was four passes between four players kind of across the top of the box. And he got sucked out by the sec or the first pass to the second player. Mm-hmm. And then yep. the play just when everybody else kind of didn't back, really do anything. Yeah. When the ball is laid back to Jimmy Chara, you essentially have 
Paulo Ruiz, Everton Ruiz, uh, Albert Rusnak, and Tony Dotkovich on the wrong side of the pass that are all have let Jimmy Chara just like walk right in front of yeah, him. It, it turned so, into a whole lot of ball watching. Justin Glad which, attacks the guy that receives the third pass just before yes. where he gets the one touch pass over to Jimmy. Yes. He makes that attack, tacks, tackles that guy. but And because he does that, that gives the lane for Jimmy and Aaron Herrera can't really cover that. That no, should be a Aaron, run that should Aaron be tracked. Herrera, if Aaron Herrera covers that, it, I mean, he he makes his best attempt to block that yeah, shot. He, but, he does his job, but like but it, that's not his responsibility. There, no, it's not because not only like what goes unmentioned there is that there's a guy directly to the left of Jimmy Chara. So if he fakes this shot, Aaron Herrera slides and then it's just a pass into the guy that's one beyond Aaron Herrera and it's a wide open shot yeah. again. So, Again, why why are either Everton or Paulo Ruiz not fil- not like becoming because they uh, attack the first like the pass in and then just let the play go on behind them. Like Everton yeah. attacks the the first guy that's bringing the ball up and then as soon as he passes it Everton well, just kind of watches the rest of the play. Yeah, so it's it's Paulo is defending sort of on the wing. It goes to a, like their right winger who comes back towards the middle and now has Donnie Toya guarding no one. Yeah. Tony Dokovic chases is now out of position. He plays it into the 18 or toward the edge of the 18 where Justin Glad is challenging for the ball. And at this point, Everton Louise is not tracking Jimmy Chara. Um, it's not Albert Roos next job to be defending at the top of the 18 so um whatever yeah um pablo ruiz is doing nothing um he's already completely been beat so is donnie toya um and then it's just jimmy char i mean and to be fair it's a great finish but like yeah but the defending uh, is so it's like like I'm high school level of, it's like it is the whole like, thing is everybody gets sucked over to the right and then they just pass the ball yes, over to the left dude and That's as they're we, passing the ball over to the left, we're like still that. getting sucked over to the right, like the whole yes. way. And if, like, yeah. how is Donnie Toya on like that far of the outside oh, of the Donnie play? Toya, like, like he was a funny one to watch because he just got fooled like way before anything even started developing. Yeah, Hearing got, him he was tracking a runner and yeah. then thought he was going to go wide, and because he shifted his weight, and then that guy cut in. So Donnie Toya goes wide. To where nobody is and the can't. wrong way. Yeah. And like when that he ball just comes never recovers. Across, yeah. He's completely out of the play. By the time that is so insane to watch that Donnie Toya thing, I'm just like rewinding it. And it's like he <laughs> yeah. didn't even. I was waiting for you to yeah, notice what happened get... to Donnie Toya because it's kind of like you get it, but also it. So he's, it he's, looks he's so trying silly. to anticipate a pass. Yeah. And by the time the pass is made or by the time gets by the time the ball gets to the feet of the guy he was he was trying to intercept a pass to gets to his feet. He's already 10 yards away from the guy that received the ball. Like how he managed to mess that up that bad is incredible. And then to hear him shout it out as being someone in particular as being fantastic. That game was just comical. But um, anyway, yeah, so that was like, the second I, goal we gave up. It was. And I'm just like this theme of like our defensive midfielders being unable to track people that far back is really insane to me. Like, yeah, when, it, when you have uh, when you have Tony getting out of position like that, the first instinct should be like one of my center backs just got out of position. Like I'm a defensive <laughs> midfielder that can play on the back line like <laughs> like interchangeably. 
like I'm thinking about the times that Kyle Beckerman was like a makeshift center back defensively at times. Like he just was better. He was just so good at like filling in in those spots that I'm just like, well, I'm, what, and that's, that's the thing. Tony didn't get sucked out because like, that's what was supposed to happen. He got sucked out because that guy wasn't covered by anybody and he's 20 right, yards from right, goal. Right. And he's not covered by anybody because Everton isn't there and Ruiz isn't there. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that, Tony had to move up on the ball. That yeah. moment was like, that's where everything falls apart and it's almost impossible to recover from that point. Yeah. And it's not necessarily Tony's fault. No. For making that move, but Everton and Paulo should have been covering that guy. One of yeah. those two should have, and they weren't. And that's where just from there it gets worse. So as we as I think about all this, I, I see two major holes in the roster that are kind of exemplified. First, we don't have a center back who can communicate or organize. No. We'll get it's to that so on third goal, who but can do that. The third goal was <laughs> Yeah. Unreal. But we see things like this affecting that, right? Yeah. Uh, and then oh, second, sure. our midfield is surprisingly weak. And if yeah. you told me that would be the case coming into the season, I'd, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Um, it's like we're seeing a sophomore season from Paulo Ruiz after a coming out season, right? Yep. He had a great season last year, uh, despite our having a pretty mediocre season. Uh, this, which COVID, COVID season, whatever. I'll give that a pretty big pass. Um, but this year he's been pretty mediocre. Yeah. Everton Louise has been mediocre. Nick yeah. Beasler is Nick Beasler. He, he has a ceiling. He's at his ceiling. Uh, and we're not going to eke more out of him. No. And we he's don't have anyone that, like, else I, in the midfield, right? Yeah, like, we don't. And I don't deep. care when uh, Nick, like, I'm, my hopes, my my expectations for Nick are, are far lower than they are for these other two guys that we're talking yeah. about, and that's well, fine. I think Nick has honestly played to the best of his ability this year, and yeah, yeah and that's that's the difference between Everton and Paulo is we've seen them be way better than they are. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really like, seen Nick be much better than he is, but he hasn't been like bad. No, he's I been about he's as been good fun. as he can be, and that's all that we can ask of him. So yeah. we can't really criticize like, I, him. I don't but cringe when I see him Everton in the lineup. Yeah, I don't see I don't cringe when I see Nick in the lineup, especially when he's when it's compared to two guys who are playing subpar <laughs> to what yeah. they, they should be. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, here's Nick again. All right, let's talk about the third goal. And then I've, I think we should talk tactics and some Can other things. Can we spend and, as little time as possible on this goal? Yeah, I just need to rewatch like it's, it. It's the easiest thing to break down in the world. There's one attacker versus three defenders, and nobody tells anybody that he makes a run. They put a ball into him and nobody follows again, except for Justin Glad, who had no part in missing the run at all. But he's the only player on RSL who saw the player behind and was like, oh, let's go defend that. So (laughs) he didn't get there in time, obviously, but he was the only one. Tony and uh, who's on the outside? Is that Donnie again? It's Donnie yeah. again. Tony, Tony and Donnie, Donnie just like side. froze, saw the run, and then as soon as they got the ball to him, they just like they didn't move. They didn't yeah, make yeah. a single attempt to try to continue defending. It was, so try- and it was like to be fair, it was a great move by Mora. And it was yeah. a good pass. But it was a good pass. It wasn't an undefendable pass. It was zero defense whatsoever. There should be at least two people shouting, saying, "Hey, he's making a run." Follow him, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. And the only person ah. that, like I said, wasn't involved in any of that breakdown was Justin, and he was the only one who re- reacted to it in any way. 
Yeah, it feels McMath a little did what sometimes. he could do, but it feels sometimes like we're trying to play a, an offside trap. Um, but we have forgotten that there are opposition players involved in that, and that you need to do things like step up to to execute it or be aware that they're there. Even <laughs> yeah. so, it's it's bad. Um, yeah, should we talk about the goals we scored? Because uh, we did like give ourselves a glimmer of hope. Yeah, which I didn't so, think we deserved, but it yeah, happened. Albert scored that one before half to make it two one. They scored a third to make it three one. Then Demir scores like a very Demir like goal um, to make it three two with like about ten minutes left, probably. Yeah, just good yeah, smash exactly. into the he scored in the 80th top minute. of the net. Yeah, and and um, and then we had like a lot more chances actually. Like we had. There were quite a few nervy moments for Portland in front of goal where we just had like a ton of guys in the box and we were just like swinging and banging it off like defenders and and, and um, being aggressive, right? Like, yeah, we, we've been a passive team a lot. And I think when we see our team be aggressive, it, it tends to make a difference. I usually think that's a trite thing to say, like, oh, we yeah. were the more aggressive team and it paid off. But in this case, like I, I genuinely think that's that was the difference between the way we have been playing in the attack and the way we were playing tonight or tonight uh, yeah. during that match in the attack. Yeah, we looked know. pretty desperate for points. Yeah. Which I was really glad to so? see. Yeah, I mean, that we've tracks because we it, yeah, it does track, but like there's been times with these home games where we did not look desperate for points and oh, we yeah. should have been. Yeah. Um, so I was at least we looked like we were it, there was some serious fight going on at the end of the game, which I was pleased to see. It just really sucks that it was, you know, uh, you can't do anything about the first one, to be honest. The penalty like that just was what it was. The second sure. two were just very avoidable right? mistakes yet again. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to disagree, but not in the same, but not really. You definitely can do something about that penalty because that penalty was called in the tenth minute. You yeah. know what I mean? You can respond to that. If, yeah. If that penalty sure. comes when it's a two-two game and it comes in the 89th minute, like that's a huge bummer. That's mm-hmm. where you can kind of get really mad about the call and you can feel hard done. You can't get mad about the call and you can't feel hard done when it happens in the tenth minute of the game. You don't yeah. get to be like, oh, that well, that sunk us. That's the reason we lost was because of that yeah. penalty. We would have had a much better game if it wasn't for that. You don't get to say any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like anything that happens that early in the game. So yeah. yeah, it's a bummer, but at the same time, like we don't get to like look back and be like, this was a critical part of the match because it wasn't. It's way too early in the game to give it any kind of weight, I think. Yeah. So one of the things that that people have so so I guess let's let's talk fan reaction because that was actually the strongest anti Freddy Juarez sentiment I've seen from the RSL fan base all year. Which I, I get we're on the tail end of a three game road trip with one point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's the I think that's fair. Um reaction I think should be negative. Um, it is, it, it's fascinating to me to see the tides turning, uh, from not, not from a place of like thinking Freddie Juarez is great, uh, yeah. but of patience with the club and, and that's wearing thin and that, um, I mean, that's coming from a number of aspects, right? Like it's coming from the fact that we have no idea what our ownership situation might yeah. be like at all. Um, coming from from a string of very of poor results it's coming from a coach that uh 
I mean, he's reaching Jeff Gassar levels of of uh, press conference mis not not misstatements, but of fantasy. Uh, yeah, it, it's he he's talking very possibly about his team, not talking about things that are obvious, there not acknowledging things. That is, I, I don't I don't know if I'm just like misremembering how some things were with Kassar, but I always seemed like that like it always felt like there was like an air of. Uh, self-deprecation among Kassar just and I don't know that that may not have been how things no, were I, but I think he fair. seemed he seemed like he was really hard on himself yeah in a way that maybe was I don't, I don't know I don't know if it's fair it's I mean he wasn't a good coach and that's he hasn't he been a coach since then so it's not like um you know it was just a bad fit or whatever but like he seemed I, I don't know it's it's a different it feels different with freddie in that like he like won't admit certain things and yeah. kasar i know he didn't he, there's like a thing where kasar never wanted to throw his players under the bus and i get that yeah with freddie i and i understand that to an extent i got in a discussion with someone on twitter about this like was is he supposed to throw his players under the bus and no but there's also like there's also this thing you can do with that like is admitting mistakes were made and like <laughs> I like never hear that ever. Instead of throwing up the mission accomplished banner. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we can all see something different. That's what's, that's what's so frustrating. Like Kassar, I, I seem to remember he would have times where he was like, it was like, he would, he would take the blame for a lot of oh, individual every, stupid every mistakes where he would say like, Oh, it's my fault or whatever. Like Freddie's never said it's my fault. Like I didn't set the team up like, you know, to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Jeff used to always say like stuff like that. I feel like and, Jeff, Jeff yeah. felt like a guy that like was kind of in over his head and he kind of knew yeah. he was in he over his head. Really he kind of wanted you yeah. guys to know that he knows that he's in over yeah. his head. <laughs> Freddie yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah, really yeah. give off that vibe. Freddie kind of gives no. off the vibe of like, no guys, I got this. Like, I know what I'm yeah. doing. Trust me. But, and that's concerning it, it, when we see how, and like when, when he says one thing happened and something else happened, like that's the yeah. part that I really really irks me when he's like when he goes off and he's like we should have won that game and it's like no you shouldn't have there's no. like, like no the evidence like when he says like like the soccer gods like you know like had yeah. it out for us tonight or something like that we were just if really you, unlucky if, well we've been unlucky for every single game this season so it's probably not luck yeah <laughs> yeah and that graphic that somebody made that's just like we're in the dead center of the like <laughs> chart of the good and the bad and the lucky and the unlucky we're just like dead metal is <laughs> just incredible yeah but it, yeah that's exactly it like it's it just feels like he's always saying things that we know are just like not true yeah and you don't i don't want a coach to be like oh my players suck and like I, we don't have the players to do this and at times Petkey would do that where he would be like like we just don't have like a center forward or whatever. We don't have yeah. a striker, even though he would have like Sam Johnson there and he wasn't playing him and he would say stuff like that sometimes. But um, <sighs> it's not, I don't want him to like throw players under the bus, but it's like at some point you got to be like, like these results aren't good enough. Like we're not playing to the level that we, sh we can expect. And like the discussion I was in on Twitter, something like um, the Twitter friend was saying, like you know he doesn't want to put his own job at risk by by like saying um you know that you know that things are going poorly or whatever and i was like the result the results speak for themselves what yeah, he like, says yeah. or doesn't say isn't isn't what 
Elliot's going to judge him on. That's what we, the fans and like the supporters and like the media would judge him on. Cause that's what, who the press conferences are for. Like he has reviews with Elliot about everything. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And he doesn't, and like those press conferences aren't for Elliot. They're for us. And for him to just straight up be like, you know, talking about how things did or didn't happen in a way that we can see is just, isn't true. Is just like, just over and well, week after week is just so exhausting. It's so tiring hearing. Not to go, from- not to go back to the Lucas incident, but to kind of tie it together. Like it kind of yeah. feels like it's a nicer version of that. Well, if you knew more about soccer, you would see. Like it, it feels like it's an yeah. extension of that. Like he's sitting there going, "No, you, you see, I know that X, Y, and Z, and we're just unlucky." But <sighs> it's it's not that dude like there's <laughs> several so other things what was the quote matt you had a quote or he said something but you tweeted it and it just honestly oh, yeah. made me very very upset to hear well, him say let something me read through my old tweets uh, <laughs> yeah he said one thing that all, was worry. just the dumbest thing he said all year i think uh <laughs> hang on let me which go. one <laughs> was it the one that i screenshotted <laughs> Oh, maybe. I uh, there's. I, I thought we ended the three-game road trip with a lot of energy, a lot of commitment. <laughs> if you want to look at stats, we dominated the game. Is that the one? It was probably the the end of that one. Uh, you want to look I at the stats? Donnie we dominated had the game. A solid game. The guys throughout the year have responded very well from tough situations. If we look at the midway point, we would have liked to be above twenty-five points. Twenty-five plus would have been fantastic. Uh, the next 17 games, we have to push for 25 plus points, which just uh, context here that aligns pretty closely with the general thinking that 50 points gets you into the playoffs in MLS, which we've seen bear out, I think, well, every year. No, hang on, because he's saying we would have liked to be above 25 points. We're yeah, not. Yeah. We are oh, yeah, at 20. No, I'm just so giving if we context get 25, 25. Right. But if we get 25 more from where we're at, we're at 45, which is still not like. That's the very bottom end of teams that might get into the playoffs. Like 50 is like you're in the playoffs comfortably. Yeah, yeah. But 45 is like over there's the past. A, there's a shot. Yeah, I, I think because I went through and looked at it before the Portland game just to get an idea of like what teams needed to qualify. And the lowest point total in the last like six or seven years that any team has had that qualified for the playoffs was I think 41 or 42. And yeah. most other years, the lowest was like 48, 49. So like there have been teams that have qualified with 45, but 45 is like a 50, 50 shot. Yeah. All right. So here are a couple other quotes. Um, great effort from the guys. A little lapse here or there. We came, we were brave. We shot, we created plays, maybe a handball. I think he's talking there about there was a, a potential handball call late in the game uh, mm. where we, he thought that the ball went off of somebody's hand. I think it actually went off their groin, but that's neither here nor there. Um, going on, we created more than enough. It hurts. The guys deserved more out of that game. Um, we just need to find that extra 1%, 2% of dealing with that broken up play, putting away that final touch where we win or tie the game. It's there, it's coming, but we've got to get on the receiving end of it. Have I said the quote? Oh, here we go. It was uh, the... It was unbelievable a... mental strength from our guys. Unbelievable. Oh Sometimes the game is cruel. Today, the game was cruel to us. It was that quote. And it was the, if you want to look at the stats, we dominated the game. And yeah. I hate to keep going back 
to this thing because it's kind of the easy answer to this that there's only one stat that matters and it's the total number of goals scored and we didn't dominate that we lost Wait, do you mean expected goals no i mean goals <laughs> oh. like goals scored like actual goals that like actually count <laughs> they scored three and we scored two so we lost the game yeah so at the very beginning we didn't dominate the game we lost if you want to talk about like dominating the game like the rest of the stats we had more shots we had more shots on target we had more possession we had all of those other things that are like good to have but don't actually matter if you don't win the game yeah we dominated the game in that way and all the stuff that doesn't actually affect the outcome of the game we dominated it and i really hate it when coaches come after come out after a loss and are like well if you look at the stats we dominated when it's the same coach that at other points in the season has been like, oh, well, stats don't really tell the story. Stats don't really matter. It's just <laughs> such a like oh, yeah. thing for coaches to say just to be like, no, guys, we're actually good when we're when they're obviously not. There's yeah. an argument to be made that if you have nine shots on goal. And they only have three and they score three goals and you scored two, you didn't dominate. They did. They scored yeah. every goal. That was on they scored every shot that was on target scored and we scored two out of the nine which is not bad that's about right i think that lines up with what you'd expect to see yeah but you don't get to say we dominated the game if you only scored two goals on nine shots on goal and i i think it bears mentioning too that uh their goalkeeper was uh not in a good way to say the least he was, <laughs> was potentially was injured yeah, had a shoulder injury, it looked like. It's like he's their fifth goalkeeper or something that they played all season. I don't know where he actually is on the depth chart, but yeah, he's not first. And he's might not, not be second. Fit, so. And yeah, he, he had a good performance, rough. certainly, um, and made a couple important saves. Um, but a lot of them were fairly routine. Yeah. And we keep looking at these. You know, we we send in nine shots on target. Like, if they're easily saved, does it matter that they were on target like if the goalkeeper stands there and catches the ball (laughs) like in like in the pit of his stomach uh with little effort does it matter i didn't actually break down these numbers so i don't know what they look like like compared to like the league average but we had 23 total shots and an expected goals of 2.4 which means we basically had a 0.1 xg on every single shot that we took I don't think that's good. I'm pretty sure that's bad. We had had an XG of 2.4. They had an XG of 1.96. They scored three goals. We scored two. I don't think that you can say that you dominated a game. And and certainly, I think you could say we dominated the last 30 minutes, right? Yeah, you. I mean, you could talk about like specific points, and you could talk about specific things and say, look, we we went into the game with the idea of out possessing Portland and we did that but yeah. it was it didn't work like that that game plan yeah. didn't turn into goals even, even saying that's like a there bummer. are things we need to clean up defensively but it's yeah. a, a lack of so so this brings me to another point I, I wanted to talk about um there's a, a lot of talk now about tactics um people are pulling out a quote I I honestly don't know where it came from or don't remember at least uh, describing Freddie Juarez as a tactical genius. That's the phrase everybody's using now. In oh, it's quotes. because yeah. he did a couple of games where he set up the team properly. Yeah. But 
it, but yeah, I thought like it, it was like <laughs> was that like a Bofo quote or something? It might have been or no, Aaron I, Herrera, maybe. Or was it something that I think kind of <laughs> excuse me. I think it was, and this is my recollection, so you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it was under um previous coaching administrations when he was an assistant coach, he was kind of uh, the guy that got credit for anything good that happened <laughs> generally. Like if there was a good sub cool. made or, or the team was like, if they made a change tactically, yeah. I think the general consensus was that like, Oh, Freddie made that decision. Freddie, the assistant coach was the one yeah. doing kind of like what people are doing with Pablo now. Yeah. Pablo no, Mastroini, weird. Where it's, it's like, so Oh, Pablo definitely was the one who gave the halftime speech. That's why they came out better. And it's like, I don't know how much weight you can put on that, but I, I think None. that's where the Freddie tactical genius stuff came I, I, from. I thought it might have. I, I thought there was someone within the club that did say something like that. But yeah. I, it's I, certainly I, nothing I Freddie ever said about himself, right? Right. No, no, no. no, no. He's not um, so self-aggrandizing. So, no. So that, that phrase is being thrown a lot, around a lot, and it's being used in a way that I think people are implying, and I think it's – or when it's explicit, what's it saying? That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Are saying that uh, Freddie Juarez has screwed things up tactically. And I actually think that misses a fairly large point. I actually think we're set up reasonably well from a tactical perspective. And I, I don't think there are major issues um, in the way we set out to play most games. There are going to be at, mistakes, and that's expected. At the beginning of the game, I don't think there's any problems, but... Yeah. Now, now changes. That, I don't want to get yeah. into substitutions too much, yeah. but yeah, he and makes some bad stuff. How subs. you adapt to things is certainly part of tactics. Tactics is is the small level stuff that changes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what we're seeing is uh, he's unable to extract uh, much value out of a lot of his players. Like we've we've brought in Johnny Menendez, we've brought in Tony Datkovich, uh we, I think, by all accounts, have a better roster than last year. And we've talked about this a lot as a group, about, about this, this roster. Um, and he's getting less out of them than I think he was even last year. And that, for yeah. me, is the more troubling thing. It's not about tactics. It's not about having a left-footed center back, uh, which maybe that's meaningful, but if he... Uh, <laughs> There, there are deeper problems that we have to account for. There are, some, there are some circles who think that's the most meaningful thing. <laughs> um, so, so we've got this this weird perception thing, and it's it's going to drive me insane. But uh, somebody else take it away. Yeah, that's what's that's what's so frustrating to me. Like when you when you look at just like I mean, you, you know, when you're looking at a team that is getting more out of the players than like when the, when the, when the value of the sum is greater than the parts, is that, I, I don't know what this saying is. The sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. The sum is greater than the parts. And um, like you think like when I think about like historic teams, I, for some reason, I like, I think I was thinking of like Euros teams, like that Iceland team. I think of like, like Greece, for example, but like, like when you know that, you know, a team is playing above its capabilities. And the most annoying thing for us is, is that I see really talented players on this roster. And like, we see these moments from these players that are, you're like, wow, like there's some really good players on this team. 
like why are we not playing to their strengths ever and i and i've said that before about rubio rubin and it's becoming even just as apparent more just as apparent when with joni menendez and i was like going nuts during the la game where we when i I honestly thought joni was going to score that game because he looked so dangerous but the reason he kept getting the ball in dangerous places is because he kept like pressing really well and forcing turnovers in certain spots to be fair our team was pressing well and he was getting the ball just off of turnovers in certain in in certain spots that were dangerous it wasn't because we were playing the ball to him in dangerous spots like we do this thing where we just completely and i don't know if this counts as tactics but like it's reflected on on every single heat map with our passing um where we play in a like a right angle uh l shape with just through Aaron Herrera, the entire game playing passes, um, like our, our entire game plan goes through our fullbacks, and we skip our midfield like entirely. Like Albert, um, I think Albert's gotten better through this season, but like I still don't think we're playing to his strengths necessarily. But like, like we have this guy Joni Menendez, who every time we get him on the ball and it's at his foot, he looks like he's gonna beat whatever defender is guarding him, and we, yet we're playing like massive passes over the top for him to chase onto and try to fight off a guy that's twice his size. Like, why are we doing that? It <laughs> seems like over and over. Yeah. Like it seems like what we're doing, the plan doesn't work. And the stuff that does work is like accidental. It's individual, like, like really great moments of, from yeah. our individuals. And like we, we do every once in a while get our best players into bet their best spots and they and they prove why they're dangerous. Rubio Rubin has done that um, this season. Demir Krylock can still do his, you know, um, try to get on the end of like a, a cross or whatever. And that can work from time to time. And like Demir Krylock will still score his like late runs into the box or whatever and blast one. Um, and that's great. And we can get sometimes get results like that. But like that's not how you get consistent results or that's not how you get good consistent results. Only, you get like, consistent yeah, results from that. We're getting pretty consistent results of just like losing every other game and drawing every third or whatever. Um, you know, that's, that's fine. This is only the, like we haven't lost more than once in a row very many times under Freddie. And this is one of them. Yeah. Um, so he's like, we're perfectly mediocre in that we, you know, can't keep a streak going, but we also don't have losing streaks, which, you know, is what it is. But yeah, it's, it's so frustrating to see us have these like, you know, for by all accounts, decent players on this roster that we just cannot get the most out of. And we've seen it in the past with certain players and we've seen flashes from players that we haven't integrated consistently. But like, I don't understand why that is. Does Freddie just have a system? Does he have the wrong players for what he's trying to play? Like, do we need to have, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold at right back? Do we need to have like, probably help it might, <laughs> but like, I, I, I just don't understand. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that like if we were to get new leadership at the club i think that freddie wouldn't have a very safe seat no and it, in as much that like it's not even worth having the conversation of like should he be fired because he won't be and yeah, yeah so but it, it, it's still <laughs> i mean and that's kind of what makes it all the more insane it's like 
even if Freddie were to like tell me the things I want to hear, like, I mean, that's real. It's really just for my own sake at this point. It's not like anything's really going to change until we get a new owner anyway. So, um, it just, it makes me feel less crazy to, <laughs> if he were to just admit what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm like, it is, it is very tiring seeing just knowing like it's just like right outside of our grasp our grasp that like being a good team like an upper you know a top top 25 percent of the league team feels attainable with the players we have in my opinion and i just hate that it just we can't put it together to make that <laughs> to, to to really get there I still and think- i feel like with a better you know system we could but. i still think we're missing one player in the midfield it does feel like that who, this year. I didn't smart. think that going in, but who can <laughs> who can think defensively? Like Paulo Ruiz is not a defensive midfielder. He plays. No, he's well, a deep lying playmaker, right? Like he he plays yeah. well deep, uh, but he is not a strong defender. Yeah, Everton I was Ruiz, say, like, I think, is irreparably broken. And, and I like think that, his his uh, his best is long behind him. Uh, Nick Beasler is Nick Beasler. Good yeah, for him. He, <laughs> We need better defenders in the midfield. I was just going to say that, like, I think you're exactly right. I think Paulo, like, his position on the field is defensive midfielder, but he's not a defensive-minded defensive midfielder Yeah, at all. And that's really the problem is, yeah, we, we have a midfield that all of them, generally speaking, are very good at attacking and can attack. But we're hoping that they can all defend. Because yeah. they don't. There, there's not really a uh, like a Ned Grabovoy in there where somebody that like or like a Beckerman where somebody that like can break up plays and can get stuck in and can be a defensive presence there. Yeah, and and thinks in that mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. I miss man, prime prime Beckerman, just like like I know we I mean fulcrum of of our attack, like as we pivoted with the diamond, but also just like such a good defender that we just and I, yeah i mean yeah I, I don't the communication aspect as well it can't really be overstated just because our team looks lost out there without like a nick Ramondo even just like organizing the defense like okay here's a crazy thought yeah this is no i shouldn't even say this i'm gonna say it anyway um <laughs> kyle beckerman was an attacking player until he you know his mid-20s right early 20s until yeah. his prime. Um, you know who we've got that is an attacking player right now? Maybe we've just found Albert Rusnak's future. Albert Rusnak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's there's, the case. There's no way. Yeah. A little bit. No, but I, I hate to keep going back and being like, oh, well, we need Beckerman back. We, we don't need him. That's not right. what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying we need somebody like that those players exist we need a person or a player that that can a kellen acosta oh, yeah, something man, like that great. yeah that's a great one who is coming to my mind and who is not ever going to happen was michael bradley but like that kind of player that is like i mean yeah. he was on six million dollars in toronto which he's <laughs> like come on <laughs> it's oh, not yeah, that's he's either gonna have to take a huge pay cut which is probably just gonna happen but I don't think it's going to come down enough for us to even be in, but that would be great. Like that's the type of player that we need. Somebody that is able to obviously like play some offense and contribute and move the ball around and like possess the ball, but is a defensive player. 
you're exactly right. We don't have that on this team. And that's the big hold, the big problem that we have. It's not the reason we're as bad as we are, but it's a problem. All right. So, yeah. so one final thing I wanted to touch on here um, is uh, we're seeing, and, and of course this is inevitable, right? Uh, people are starting to call for a, a three-man, three-slash-five-man backline. Yeah. Where we have three okay. center backs. Sure. Or, uh, depending on on who you are, maybe Aaron Herrera is one of those, which I, I think is a bad idea. But um, that, that being what it is, uh, I'm, I'm seeing these calls again for this this three-man backline. And I just, if we, if we can't organize uh, two-slash-four defenders... There's no way we can organize three slash five, right? Adding another number doesn't actually improve that. It may change the spacing, and maybe that helps in some way. Maybe teams play differently against us, and maybe that unlocks a hidden strength we didn't know we had. But we don't organize better just by going to that formation. Yeah. And uh, given what we've seen, like Tony Datkovich has been uh, not entirely fit most of the time he's been here. Um. And he's not, he, he didn't have a good debut. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and he, Justin Glad isn't organizing. Uh, and while his individual moments tend to still be okay, uh, they're not ideal. Marcelo Silva is probably playing the best he has in his RSL career. And it's not enough. And he's still making terrible decisions and is not organizing. And then who, who else do we have that can play backline? Eric Holt. Uh, yeah, please, this is this no. is my biggest beef with the whole I mean, I've got two or three big beefs with the whole thing, but my biggest beef with the whole three man back line is that we have four center backs. Like as soon as one of them goes down, you can't play a three man back line anymore. Like you you can't. And one of them's yeah. gonna go down. We've already had Tony out for two games. Justin Glad's gonna be out for his second game. Justin Glad is just a red card, yellow card machine. Like we can't <laughs> No, but this, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to play a three-man back line, you have to have, like, at a minimum, you have to have five defenders. And that has to be kind of a system that, like, if you're going to do it, you have to buy into it. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it as, like, a last ditch, we got to preserve a point at home or three points at home. Sure. Let's put on a center back. Like, fine. Have three center backs, and that's – you can do that and get away with it for 10 or 15 minutes in one game. But if that's going to be, like – your move as a team you have to buy into it and you have to have center backs that can play it i don't know that we have any that have having a left-footed center back like helps that discussion (laughs) yeah but if that's the guy that's like injured then what do you do when he's out and like i said you can't play three-man back line and have all three of your remaining center backs be on the field you have to have one on the bench you can't you can't do that but is then the idea? The, you're trying to yeah, solve a problem that is easier to solve by just getting a better defensive midfielder. Well, yeah, and that brings uh, brings me to my question: is the is the idea to try to get a, an extra attacker, or is it to get a better defense? Like that okay. is a great question. This is because the other part get, of the problem: is because you're solving a problem that you don't that doesn't exist. Like our back line well, is not the problem. The idea would be so you could get uh, <laughs> theoretically is. <laughs> Both uh, Bobby Wood and Ruby Rubino on the field together up top. There have got to be ways we can get them both into the game. I think so too, but that I think we can't do that with four defenders. We have to have five. Well, it depends on if you actually play wingers as those uh, wing 
like we Donnie Toy is not great at it, but he gets forward. Aaron <laughs> yeah, Herrera right. gets forward a lot, but like we do but have it, attacking like, fullbacks. Instead of like Aaron Herrera in that like right wing back spot, it would be potentially like uh like Julio or something like oh, that. I think which that's would the be idea. Great for Disastrous. our defense. That's a that's a phenomenal <laughs> defensive move. Yeah, like, I, like, I just that, saw like, that being brought forget, up in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, and and like I said, I'm not. I, I get why you would want to do that and the advantages to it. I just think that again, you're either solving a problem that doesn't exist, or you're solving a problem by creating two more problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like a two yeah. steps forward, one step back kind of situation or, or whatever. It's another way to set this team up and it's another way to play soccer. Sure. I don't think it's the best way to play soccer with this team in this league. I, I just Isn't think what the, they're doing in England now. Some of them. And it works great. Like I said, it's a way for teams to play. If you have a team that can set up to do that, you can do it and it can be successful. I don't think we have the personnel and I don't think we have the problems that we have. I don't think it solves the problems at all. Yeah. Yeah. I I, like defensive organization with our midfielders appears to be the biggest problem and three back doesn't fix that. No, it probably heightens it. Well, um, yeah, I think so. We've seen the cat Trevor's cat. Oh, did you see him? Yeah. He, he appears to be quite hungry. Um, oh, he's so, not hungry. He's just tired. Uh, well, we're probably all tired. <laughs> Kyle looks like he's bed. ready to pass out. I'm very sleepy. Trevor's on his fourth cup of coffee. That's and, not. Uh, I'm midway through an energy drink. So, um, are we going to preview uh, the game coming up, or are we just going to do the generic Austin oh, yeah. that actually sucks a lot, especially Dude, on the road? Were, so we're pushing, probably going to be fine. They are pushing this Matthew McConaughey's Austin FC so much. Did you have you guys <laughs> noticed this? I heard this radio that was like I, I, I heard radio spot that was like let's show Matthew McConaughey that freaking idiot it, it didn't say that and his new Austin FC team what being an MLS really is about and I was like I don't know if you've seen their stadium and what they've got going on in there but I think they probably get what being an MLS is about at this point but yeah anyway but they kept ma- mentioning Matthew McConaughey and then I think again with like um Austin FC, don't miss RSL's first clash against Matthew McConaughey's Austin FC. Like, <laughs> what? Like, are people, I mean, I know he's like, I know, but like, that is so weird. Like, did, like, don't miss our first clash against Magic Johnson and Will Ferrell's LAFC. Like, that would have been really funny. That, that would be if good. They said that. It's but. just, it's. <sighs> I mean, you've got to sell something somehow, it's, right? You do. It's I just so I, much I, marketing. I literally just forgot that he was like a known or whatever until I saw it, until yeah. I heard that radio ad. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. that was weird. It's like, sounds like they wanted to fight Matthew McConaughey. And I was just confused. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? <laughs> I think he's pretty, pretty all right. Yeah. I think he's all right. All right. All right. Okay. Even <laughs> um, great and true detective. Oh, great great right. show. Um, that's it. That's the, that's the only thing. Well, and obviously he's got some other good roles. Oh, but yeah. uh, he's favorite. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Is he really? What? 1994. He plays Vilmer. Next Gen. That's a pretty good name. Oh, Next Generation was in 94? Yeah. Okay. It, well, 
everything was saying, oh, Star Trek did so well with Star Trek The Next Generation. Let's <laughs> we steal the name for this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Oh, goodness. That's funny. And on that note, uh, I think it's probably time to call it. All right. Austin FC in their last five games. Okay. Played four of them at home. Okay. After they had, if you remember, their stadium didn't open till like yeah. eight or nine games into the season. So they started a bunch on the road and everybody was like, wait till they get at home. They're good. This is a good team. Uh-huh. Uh, their last several games have been at home. Of the last five, four have been at home. They have lost four of their last five. Oh, if we don't beat this team, this is a disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, for um, sure. That's yeah, that's the point I'm getting we, to. They, they lost know, to Dallas right? on the road to nothing. And yeah, this does, team uh, stinks. Does, like, uh, stinks, stinks. Walker, Texas Ranger, Zimmerman play for them or Nashville? I can't remember. I think he's for Nashville. Okay. Who I don't even know who plays for. They well, have like a bunch of like randoms don't they uh kind of they've got some guys that have been in the league for a long time that should be good uh they've Matt got Beasley. diego fagundes who should be good oh, oh diego that's right yeah um and He's then they've a, got a bunch uh, of new guys they've got brad ring who or sorry not brad alex ring mm. who should be good they've also got matt beasler mm. <laughs> oh do they really yeah, yeah. Who, again like should be good but probably isn't the season split kit on uh yeah, on that's our right. TVs. Gonna wait to see. Oh, they've got uh, William Polisic as one of their keepers. <laughs> Do they really? <laughs> um, yeah, they got Polisic on there. They've also got wow. uh, Burhalter. They should that's really right, Sebastian. be advertising around that. Around they also have Pocatino, but not the coach. Oh, he's his cousin. They have Tom- hmm. Tomas Pocatino. Oh. They have Kakuta Mane. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, so like they've got players that like should be good. Um, they're number yep. 10 uh, Cecilio Dominguez I, I mean I've watched like two Austin FC games all season I was really impressed with him I really like him but all right well yeah so they should be better than they are they're not the they're boys, actually man. trash if we do lose this game like the season's officially over funny. like it's <laughs> over and done we're done we don't need to do the podcast anymore they don't need to play any more okay. games it's oh. over Wow, that's quite the wager. Trevor's this is a bad, bad, bad team. So, so if we lose, then Trevor's off the pod. Is that what I'm hearing? No, the pod is <laughs> over. That's what I'm saying. Or not that the pod is over, but that the pod's going to turn into a big wave surfing podcast, <laughs> and we just review the, the pod big wave surfers. Even more good. pointless than it is currently. Like it is not pointless. Trevor. <laughs> we're, say, doing, we're doing something. something so. Trevor, You're we're right. doing something brave. This, this is what I'm saying. Like this matters. <laughs> what we're doing but if we lose to austin fc it doesn't matter (laughs) all right fair enough well oh my gosh if if the team folds after this weekend uh i guess we'll just have to see each other on zoom or maybe (laughs) meet in person once in a while maybe that sounds fun oh matt i meant to tell you i really like that shirt thanks before uh, we get off i wanted to make sure you knew that it's got Art Blakey on it, who's uh, it is really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, goodbye, everyone. It's been a pleasure, and we'll uh, see you on the flippity flop. Good night and good luck. That's right. Good night. Mm-hmm.